A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, welcome to Going Off Track. I'm Jonah. Hi, Brad. (laughs) I'm very excited because I ordered Brad's signature salad today, Mm. which is on its way, and it's called the Brad. (laughs) What's in it, Brad? It's a spicy, uh, I called it a spicy jumble. Ooh. The the vendor who I'm not going to prop because their website sucks. Their salads are great. But they, 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 you know, you can make these custom salads and they tell you to save it with, you know, name it and save it so you can reorder it and it never works. So I have to remake it every time. So you have to recreate the spicy jumble every time. Every time. Oh my God. It's uh, kale, romaine, quinoa. Nice. <laughs> uh, chicken, spicy broccoli, goat cheese. I think sesame seeds. And a couple other secret ingredients. But the spicy cashew dressing is the bomb. Oh, yeah. I've never had that. I'm excited for it. You will. Yeah, I'm excited for my You'll want to drink it. Yeah? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I'm hungry. Yeah. We should stop talking about this. Yeah. It's getting me really hungry. <laughs> Where's that intern with my lunch? Seriously. Um, Jacob. <laughs> well, we're waiting for Jacob to get here. Uh, we thought we'd do an intro for this podcast. Um, this was... A super amazing podcast. This was crazy. <laughs> I was in the room, by the way. I know you couldn't hear me. Yeah, because... Brad did not get to interject very much. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, Vanessa and Jensen pretty much kept the, the mics hot. They kept it hot. So, yes, today uh, on the podcast, we had on uh, a friend of mine, Jensen Karp, um, who just came out with this amazing book called Kanye West Owes Me $300 and Other True Stories from a White Rapper Who Almost Made It Big. And... uh the night before this podcast, he did a reading at the Strand um, that was um, where he did a Q&A with my sister because actually Jensen and my sister go way back um, through comedy stuff. And uh, I just wanted to say Jensen's book is so great. I just finished it and then um, I let someone borrow it and she read it in like three days. It's un- It's such an unbelievable story that it's so crazy to have a document of it and jensen's so funny that the way it's told is so entertaining and it's it it's looks a, brilliant i gotta you're gonna lend it to me i'll right? lend it to you yeah she just finished <laughs> it so no 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 i'll pass it over or right. whatever but it's also available on amazon uh for it's cheap fifteen eleven. hey um but yeah got best of the books 
uh, for Amazon this month, which is awesome. And it's, it's a great book. Um, so check that out. Uh, and side note, me and Jensen will be working together very soon on the Alternative Press Music Awards, the APMAs. That's where we met actually last year. He was writing for Jack and Alex from All Time Low, who are hosting again. So I think if it's on July 18th, me and Jensen will both be there working on it, but you can watch it. Um, and I'm not exactly sure how, but if you go to allpress.com slash backslash APMAs, I think it's through Amazon or something, you can watch it live. So if you want to see me and Jensen pull inevitably a bunch of puns <laughs> during a live award show. Maybe he'll show. get himself in trouble again. Like it's you. possible. Yeah, we <laughs> talked about that. Jensen almost uh, got in a fight with Metro Station last year. It's <laughs> a uh, good story. Who came after him, which is a great story. So yeah, we'll see what happens this year. Hopefully more shirtless <laughs> fights because that's what everyone wants in an award show. I am very excited for this award show because uh, Marilyn Manson will be there. Um, and I go way back. Ooh, also, Stephen Jenkins from Third Eye Blind and Rob Halford. Well, there you go. So Your favorite people. Not too bad. But <laughs> anyways, enough about them. This is all about Jensen. So, um, yeah, let's just get right into this pop culture-tinged podcast with Vanessa <laughs> Bayer, me, Brad, and Jensen Carp. It's going on track! Cool. All right. Can we start? If you'd like. All right. Or we can talk secrets and pretend that we're not recording. <laughs> now, let's just do it. Hey, what's up? Jensen. Yes. Jensen Carp, Vanessa yep. Bayer, Brad. Ooh, all-star team. Tara's here. Jonah's <laughs> uh, wearing his Keds hat. I'm wearing my Keds hat that I got at TJ Maxx with my folks. Yeah, Jonah's pretty proud of this hat. <laughs> got him some attention. He didn't necessarily want at Bonnaroo. <laughs> In what way would you say? I just felt like... Um, you looked great in it. A lot of men were kind of asking about you. <laughs> I thought it was, you know, solidarity. Yeah, a lot of people would get that the, vibe the from it. I just think it's a cool hat. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Why? Would you, why, why do you think it comes off as as uh, flamboyant? Is that I what you think guys... it's like with the mustache? I think it's with the mustache. Right. And Jonah was wearing a lot of shorts, which wearing you're wearing these... now, but like pretty outrageous shorts. I was wearing these shorts with like pineapples on them that were oh, kind of yeah, small. Yeah. Yeah. If there's something about my brother, he loves shorts. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't Jamie always say, like, when she met you, you had, like, the shortest shorts on? Here's what happened with that. <laughs> I went to um, American Apparel to buy shorts when I first moved here. Sure. My friend Jamie was there, and they had this thing called boy shorts, mm -hmm. which I thought meant four boys. I had no idea that was a thing. I was like, oh, like, I'm a guy, boy shorts, perfect. Yeah, yeah. So I got these shorts, and, like, they had, like, no crotch area. And I was like, these look kind of weird. But I was like, uh, I don't know, they're boy shorts or whatever. So then I went to Jamie's place and I was like, listen, let me try these shorts on. They're boy shorts. Boy shorts, yeah. And I tried them on and I was like, I feel kind of weird in these. And she was like, no, it looks fine. And I was like, are you sure? And she's like, yeah. I was like, she's all like, right. Yeah, just, just go outside with the Scissor Sisters album and walk around the neighborhood if you can. So I went to see some show that night like, and I got made fun of like by all my friends. They're like, dude, what are you doing? I was like, Jamie, what the fuck? And she was like, she thought it was funny. So that was, yeah. Ever since I then, don't think I knew that story. Yeah, it's a very cool story. <laughs> the mustache doesn't help. No, the mustache doesn't help. <laughs> you are sort of bait. But don't you think calling something boy shorts is confusing if you don't know that that's a thing? I think it's such a big thing. Is it like, really? I can't get rid of the point, definition, right? 
To the point where there's like it's a style of women's underwear. <laughs> yeah, boys, boys pants. Basically. It's like boy shorts. Boy like shorts, you could yeah. get like underwear that like are have like a little more coverage. This they're like a little lower, and they're called boy shorts. Okay. See, I didn't know this. I feel stuff. like every girl I've dated wears boy shorts. I don't <laughs> think girl. I don't think girls I date wear g-string. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Good for me. Thank God. Yeah, but like, it really worked out well for me too. <laughs> <laughs> it's all paid off. Guys don't have like women's shorts. Like it's like you say, boys. This is for this. In the type same of way gender. that there's. Have you ever heard of boyfriend jeans? No. They're they look so, like rodeo clowns. Like they're 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 fitted. These terribly. actually these are actually a slim fit yeah, boyfriend slim, yeah. jeans. Those look good. Those are like you. rodeo. They're not like right. They're not huge, legs. but like yeah. because you're a boyfriend doesn't mean you would buy boyfriend jeans. Well, boyfriend tees are also boyfriend like, t-shirts are for girls also, not, yeah. <laughs> right? There's boy, there's yeah. So, so in other words, like it's because like we think like girls might think it's cool to wear like a version of like a guy's thing. Like it's a, it's a little looser. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Whereas boys, boys the, don't I don't think the they would market it to men. Like, like here, let's let's play this out. Watch, ready? This this is a conversation you might have. Oh, I like that shirt. It's cool. Yeah, it's my boyfriend's. That's what a girl would say. Right. Yeah. And then I'm, oh, I like that top. Oh yeah, this is my girlfriend's. No one would say that. Well, Jonah often says, if you said to Jonah, I like your jacket, he might say, yeah, it's my sister's. <laughs> that doesn't work. Or I like your jeans. Yeah, there may you. There's a time when you wear my jeans, but it's just because Jonah's like a, a really long time ago. Yeah. Well, you thought they were yours i think but but this, but that's this is just, backfiring this the story is just, this really is just because jonah's like a, always so been glad that he's always been a too. very slender guy yeah. so he can fit into like his sister's clothes which does not make me feel great but <laughs> so like but like yeah so but you wouldn't you wouldn't outwardly be like i want girls right I stuff, get unless unless that was like your thing right which we have no judgment on no no no, no, no just let us know now no i just didn't know i didn't know that that was a style it's that is so funny and what a great story that I didn't know the full story. Yeah, but I guess we should talk about Jensen now. <laughs> I mean, who cares really? <laughs> Basically, I see that you have the same wardrobe as MTV's Jesse Camp. Is what we're trying <laughs> yes. to say. Who, who recently did a podcast? podcast. Oh, really? How's he doing? <laughs> he is doing good. It's one of our most insane podcasts. I'm sure. Ever. I'm sure. Uh, is he living the gimmick? Uh, he's like. I don't think he's changed. Man. He's the same. Because I'm in the Dave Holmes camp. Okay. I still hang with Dave. We're still we're really? friends. Yeah, and I just Wait. I don't think I could be into Jesse. Dave Holmes is mentioned very favorably in your book because he, he's great. Yeah. yeah, you did you meet him once? Who are you so. friends we with? Had, we had oh on, Matt Pinfield. Oh, I love Pinfield's Matt too. Matt, Matt helped sign Hawk Carl. He's had, one of my ERs. We had Jim oh, wow. Shearer who's on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I really like uh, Dave Holmes a lot. He has a book coming out same month as me, same publisher, and so we would go through the same stresses and neuroses of memoir writing together. Oh yeah, we Dave, email each other. Dave Holmes almost won. Yeah, he was second, and then Jesse Camp beat him. Yeah, in a real gimmick match. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like Dave was like the real music guy, and then Jesse Camp was like, "I'm 12," and he was <laughs> but, like seven feet tall. You know what? I feel like there are some parallels. I mean, like n- maybe not height wise with you and Jesse. Yeah, but but in our women's clothing. Yes. Yeah. And no. what what would be our oh contest winner? Co- contest winner, and then like getting like sort of I feel like the end of the era where just record money. labels giving huge amounts of money to yeah. like unproven things. It's true. Like yeah. that, that's what I was. That really but, that was a very tail end of that. Yeah. What? Because Vanessa, because you had another book before this. Because Vanessa had that gallery book, right? Yeah, I've had actually a couple. I have, so I have an art gallery, and we release books for that. Crazy for Cole, which I gave Vanessa's. Uh, was, a, I got a, a great book. It's got a real prominent spot. Thank you. It does. Department. I like it there. And then also, I wrote a book uh, back in like oh five oh six called Just Can't Get Enough, and it was uh, myself and, and Matt Robinson, another writer. We wrote essays about eighties toys, but oh, it was like all personal stuff. So it wasn't like like a guide as to like what the best toy was. It was like what these toys meant to us as kids who were like raised by the television with two working parents. Did you have GoBots? Oh yeah. 
GoBots were great. They were like almost ripoffs to an extent of Transformers. There's a video of Jonah being interviewed where he talks about what toys he likes, and he's like five years old. Yeah. I'm sure you've seen it. No, oh I don't know where to, you might have to resend. It. Is it on like yeah. Cleveland News? Where were you? No, no, or? it was through our high. Our school was doing something with the police where like they wanted to get all they wanted to interview all the kids in the school system at the library and make sure they knew all their contact info. Oh, but I thought also it was gonna be like, what's your record? favorite cartoon? GoBots. Do your parents smoke drugs? <laughs> It's like, oh, this is a pretty cool interview. No, it was just like, it was like, what do you like to do? And my, and he, and Jonah is so cute. And he goes, mm-hmm. and then they, she goes, my mom goes, you like to play with toys, right? Like GoBots. And Jonah goes, and super GoBots. <laughs> and like, it's the cutest. It's so cute. It's like almost hard to watch. Right, right. It like gives you pain. Yeah. Well, I'm still a little confused as to how you saw the footage, <laughs> why, why your parents are there. I thought this was a police it's investigation. Really funny. Well, when we had this Mother's Day episode of SNL where our moms came and they yeah. asked our moms to bring footage of us when we were kids. Mm-hmm. And we never had like a camcorder, which was like the, So we had this one video from this project I did in seventh grade. And then we had this video from the police <laughs> of when we were really little. And so we brought, my mom brought them both to SNL and they digitized both of them. Yeah. So now we have them both on email. And the one of Jonah when he's little is so cute. It's it's insane. I still can't believe. So you guys, we the police give you the footage? Done. The police give you the yeah, footage? Yeah, I guess we, I don't know why we had, yeah. The police, I think, kept it and made a copy it's and like, you had it in your address, home. what's your parents' oh, names? But then there's stuff like, what do you, then like, I was like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I'm five. I was like, I haven't decided yet. Right. And she's it's like, okay. so cute. He's so thoughtful. It like, <laughs> it's also sort of like theatrical. It like zooms in on his face and then he goes, I haven't decided yet. <laughs> like, really? Vanessa is three and hers is really funny too. What are you yeah. saying at three? What do you, I mean, what do you, <laughs> I don't get any information right. They're like, <laughs> They're like what's your dad's name? And she goes, Todd Baber. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a name you made up? <laughs> and they I took you away. Just got- <laughs> oh my gosh. Top and our aunt's name is Marilyn and our mom's name is Carolyn, which is pretty funny that they're sisters and have almost the same name. But they go like, what's your mom's name? And I go, Marilyn. And they're like, Carolyn. <laughs> You're a very trustworthy child. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But we both get our phone numbers so quickly because we're used to our mom saying it. Anyway. Anyways. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> this is a tough transition back to Jensen's book. I, this, I could do this all day. <laughs> the um, Bayer family dynamic is what I'm into. <laughs> That's why I'm here. So you did write about GoBots. I did. I wrote about GoBots. I wrote about Transformers. I wrote about the aircraft carrier from G.I. Joe. It was like all the things we wanted as kids. And I was really into Mask. Mask was great. It yeah. wasn't my chapter. We, we, okay. we split them up, but He-Man was my thing. Okay. That was what like was my mask? main thing. It was yeah. like uh, vehicles and uh, like GI Joe esque. Yeah. Was it? Did did it stand for something? Yeah, I don't remember what. it Yeah, is. I don't remember what it stood for. If Jensen doesn't know what it stood for, I, I, I def- didn't write the chapter. I definitely yeah. don't know. It wasn't mine, but I can look it up while we're talking. Um, uh, what does mask stand for? I hope this gets picked up by the TSA. Oh, uh, <laughs> I had a question too. I was I read was reading your book and I saw the ending. Yeah, and uh, you you said you were influenced by. Um, what was it? It was like something, something, and Dennis Miller. Before Dennis Miller was an asshole? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love Dennis Miller so much. He just is such a piece of shit now. I know <laughs> Vanessa probably can't even be near this conversation. But <laughs> but I just, I, it's like, I just, I, he he's right wing? Yeah. Or, and like, yeah. he like not only that, like now his references to me, the ones that I thought were so cool when I was a kid, now they're just like so dated. Like, and I guess I'm going to look that way when I'm like 50, 60. Like you're going to read it and be like, why is he bringing up Flo Rida again? But like, <laughs> I, I just, for some reason, I, I, he was such an influence on me, like such a big influence on my writing and my comedy and everything. And, and it's like, well, the other ones like Steve Martin and stuff, like I don't feel that way 
about, but then Dennis Miller, it's hard for me to get behind anything he's saying now. Yeah. And that bums me out. By the way, Mass stands for Mobile Armored Strike Command. Nice. Which is great because <laughs> command is with a K, which should really fuck up kids. It's like, that's not right at all. Is it spelled? Is it spelled? M-A-S-K. And then command is with a K. <laughs> It's like kids are raised thinking that fabulous is spelled F-A-B-O-L-E-U-S because the rapper and ludicrous. Oh, that's ludicrous. L-U-D-A-I-C-R-I-S. They're all wrong. We're going to let them live in it. Millennial idiots. (laughs) Anyway, command spelled with a K, right? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. All right. I think so. No. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that was a big influence on me. And then the other ones I think I mentioned in the book were um, Tom Hanks comedies, which is my favorite thing in the world. And then musically, this guy Chino XL, who's like an obscure rapper, who was like a metaphor rapper, who was like my main influence coming up. What's a metaphor rapper? Like uh, something, something like, you know, it's it's like when I, I, I back in 2000, I was so important. Uh, my career took a turn on BoJack Horseman. Like, you know, those like reference points. Gotcha. Yeah. Did you just spin that yourself? No, I knew that one. I had that one. Oh. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I just put out a freestyle for the book. It's like my first time I ever put out a rap in like 10, 15 years. Right, you were saying that. And I know right? it backwards because I was like, I can't look dumb. I was like, I have to look good. And it, sound, it sounds okay. My favorite freestyle in the book was the one where you had to freestyle in front of missy elliott oh my god and i blew it i took an l i never it's take a loss so funny like because it was I... so shocking i was put in a situation where i pull i up... can't imagine people like walking can by. you set this up a little bit for so me? yeah so basically it's when i'm on the radio every single day at this this radio contest where i'm battling someone uh three or four people a day and at the time there's so much buzz going on about my name that they're taking me out on meetings the djs they want to manage me and so they're taking me out on meetings and at one of those meetings during grammy week Missy Elliott pulls up in valet, but in front of us, the radio DJs that are kind of managing me at the point, they know everyone. They were like the top DJs in LA, the Baker boys. So they could easily go up to Missy Elliott and be like, good to see you. They hug. And so they do. And then I realized pretty quickly, they're going to say I'm a rapper, which is like a nightmare for me. Cause I like, don't, I, I don't feel that way yet. It's very early in my career. And she, they go, uh, so this is hot Carl. And I was like, oh no, oh no. <laughs> and then they go, uh, he's a up and coming rapper. Missy's like, oh yeah. And Missy like is a pretty open musician. Yeah. Like she, she's good for this because she would see a white dude and be like, oh, I like, this is cool. She like gets that story. So you could immediately see her be like, why does he look like that? Like, that's cool. And then I see Nick pull out a boom box, which was in his car. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, no. In my whole system, I'm sweating and I know what's going to happen. And he goes, yo, Carl, why don't you rap for her? And I was like, <gasps> and then I realized if you say no, you're more of an idiot. I think at this point, you can't say no. Right, 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 right. right. And so I go, okay. And then all my lyrics that I've written have lost, I've lost them. They're out of my head. And she, they press play and I just freestyle and it's garbage. It's It's so embarrassing. And I said, the exact line I, I wrote in the book, but it's like, uh, beep, beep, who's got the keys to my Jeep? I think Valet does. And it didn't rhyme or anything. And I was like, oh, no, because I was right next to Valet. And I was out. And I was like, nope, nope. And everything just downhill from there. And and she just bobbed. She sort of just bobbed her head for a second. People walked by like I was like a bad street performer. It was so terrible. And that was when I was like, maybe this isn't for me. And that was real early oh. in, in the career. And it was such a cringeworthy experience. Uh, and then I went in and did a meeting, the guy we were supposed to meet with. And that meeting was terrible. And I was like, ah, this isn't for me. And then a few weeks later, I got a big record deal. <laughs> it's like Missy Elliott didn't tell anyone. Thank God. I mean, did you, so I guess like sort of what I was getting at earlier, I mean, did you have a sense when this was happening that like, this was the end of an era? Like, was the MP3 stuff starting to come up? Yeah, I Napster mean, had ju- at the end. Okay. Not when I got the deal. When I got okay. the deal, everything was still very CDs, very, you know, like everyone was releasing albums in million in the first week. Fred Durst was like, conquering the world somehow and so like that stuff was all happening and then near the end of my rap career 
Napster started to rear its head. And that's where the Metallica stuff happened. And then you could see everyone was starting to get like a little nervous about their jobs. Yeah. But I mean, we're still like three or four years away from like total destruction. Right. Yeah. I mean that because just hearing about like Mac 10 putting like 50 grand on your coffee table, like all that kind of stuff. It just seems like from such another era, even though it wasn't that long ago. By the way, I, when I read that, I meant to bring this up last night when I read that, uh, he had a suitcase full of money. Yeah. That I thought, I truly thought that suitcases with actual like cash in them was like only a thing on TV and in movies. Like I didn't think in the real world people had suitcases with cash in them. It happened to me. I mean, I've never seen it before or after. No one's ever done that to me Doesn't before. Doesn't it seem ever. like not a, because first of all, it feels like it would take a lot of work <laughs> so put to it like the order, uh, put all, I mean, <laughs> Yeah, I you got to go to the bank and I actually. I guess it's wrapped in paper. It. It's like stacked, each yeah, thing is stacked, stacks. but like. It just feels like so much work to like get it in it, and like, how do you know the suitcase isn't like too big and the money's gonna like go everywhere? Yeah, I would have put like, fifty thousand here, but it didn't fit, so it's forty-two. It, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. Just no, let's pretend it's fifty. It's like, <laughs> if you, if you, in any kind, the only reason it works on movies and TV is because there's really like foam under it, and then they just have enough dollar bills to like to cover it, it so that you could close it. But yeah, in real life, it seems like you'd open it with like go everywhere. Like, did it, was it like, in, I was so curious Such a about great this, It was perfectly fit in stacks. And he told me it was 50 grand. Just I like a movie. Yeah. I guess you didn't count it because it no. could have been, it could have been could've, 51. It could have been 40. It could have just been a couple hundreds up top. I wonder if there was foam underneath. I bet it, there wasn't because he, he seemed like he was being genuine. He with did me, an interview about it later in life. He did? Yeah. And it's, it's, I have it on video and he goes, he go, they go, why did you do that? And he goes, I brought him 50 grand because that's what I had at the time on me. He's like that wasn't. Oh, gonna, he said that. And he's yeah. like that wasn't going to be it. He's like, but that's what I want him to have that night. And he's like, and he didn't take it, which is crazy. <laughs> How did I not take it? I was like eating ramen. I wasn't raised with money. My mom, my mom worked in advertising, uh, like for junk mail, and my father was a car salesman. So like we didn't, well, we weren't rich. That, and that was like what I found really interesting about the book. Like all these people kind of try to sort of get a piece of you yeah. or make you these offers, and it seems like you you are really yeah struggling, but you. Uh, not never, struggling but yeah that's middle class yeah but like middle class but like you're always like i feel like you had a lot of foresight or something because i be thought like, because i really did think i was going to be like i was fine with comedy like i thought that's what i was going to do so like anything that came up i was going to a good school i was going to usc i was getting straight a's i was like i'm doing it like this is working right and then to have this be a diversion there was also fear this is a detour that i didn't want to take so like if it works out okay fine if not i just get to meet girls and do live shows and that's cool but but i didn't really see the avenue in which it could become a job and then when they when jimmy Ivan offers you that kind of money it is a job it, it's over you have to take the deal so that was the that was the part for me that was like a little strange but yes that's that's what made me look like i was making these decisions based on the future but i was really making it based on is this even a thing well it also seemed like you kind of referenced that like you had like read so many like you were so knowledgeable yeah. about like other rappers and stuff yeah. and that like this thing of like this guy like leaving you 50 like that you'd seen kind of this story happen yeah. before if you're and a rap work fan out. yeah if you're a rap fan you know like 30 percent of rap music is about how shady major labels are yeah so it's like i knew that growing up and so that was you know i, I went into it with a little bit of a of i guess hesitation because of all those things I yeah heard. like tribe called quest they have so many songs about getting screwed by the label and slave trade and i was a big prince fan growing up and he was always anti-label so like i i kind of had that knowledge um and then when it's being thrown at me, it was easier to say no because of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what what do you sort of think of like hip hop today? Like, do you feel like, because we had this, we had a rapper on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, this guy, Astronautilus. Yes, 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 yes. He's awesome. He's great. Andy, yeah, he's fantastic. And yeah. we asked him, 
so we're like one, our co-host was like you know when jay-z does like a freestyle is that like a real freestyle no and he was like no it's not yeah. like this is what he has like a couple lines like he does this i mean it seems to me like what you guys were doing was like i don't very like I don't know. It seems like different now or something. It is, yeah. I mean, especially for battle rap, which is what I came up in. So like now battle raps are written and they're not to a beat. So you, it's almost spoken word and you can have a month to write about your opponent. But they're incredible. Like I can't diss them because I love King of the Dot and all those things that are doing it now. Like I, I text with Roan. He's the champion. I like think I'm the coolest person in the world. It's like, the, it's like my favorite celebrity I've ever texted with. And like that stuff is very cool to me. But hip hop in general, Fetty Wap, Future, uh, Designer, these guys, they're not rapping now. It's a very melodic, sing-songy thing. So I don't relate to it because I'm 36. But when a guy comes out and is a real lyricist, and I still feel it. Yeah, I still, I love it. It's still what I like. It's like you guys, like, for pop punk, like, do you like the 12, 15-year-olds that are coming out now? Or do, do they sound to you like like Motion City when you were younger? And, like, do you connect in that way? Or does it sound like a new sound to you? Yeah, I yeah, I guess. I, I don't know. Because there's no band that sounds like New Found Glory that's 17, is there? I don't know. See, that's the thing. In hip-hop, we don't have any regurgitation anymore. Well, can I say a difference, though? Is like, sure. Not to burn you in any way, but, like, do you listen to that much, like, newer... St- st- maybe you what, do. Like, newer, like, pop-punk bands? Or yeah. music in general? Uh, newer pop-punk bands, like, only... Pretty much only if someone's paying me. Yeah, yeah. that's how I and feel. And I have to write about it. Newer music, yeah, but, like... But kind of like of it, only music that's like really close yeah. to what you... I still listen to No Effects a lot, but I don't listen yeah. to a lot of newer bands that, that right. play that Yeah, style. whereas I feel like you're very... You know what's going on. Yeah, like, yeah. A, yeah. like a kid drops a mixtape in Boise, I probably have listened to it yeah, once. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I'm gross. Like, it's <laughs> like it's so funny because when I feel like whenever musical acts are on SNL, you, a lot of times you don't know them, but you'll always know their managers. Right, but, right, because you know their other acts. Well, yeah. what I think is also crazy is that actually I knew about you through because you were friends with Vanessa, but yeah. we met through All Time Low. That's right, yeah. Who is like all a, my friends are in pop punk? Yeah, who's like a huge. I know no none band. of their music. I, I, I no music I know in pop punk. Every one of my friends play in bands in them, and that is the weirdest part of my life. Because Jensen wrote on the APMAs with, me. and that was the one where you showed me that that was the all time. Yeah, Jason, was... Jensen worked on that. Yeah, the, the yeah. that intro thing they did yeah. with Hoppus, with Hoppus when yeah. he was wearing like. Yeah, the, I wrote that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But Mark Hoppus, one of my best friends, I don't know anything really about Blink. I know the hits that were on TRL, but I for some reason I used to own a biz. I used to run a business with Pete Wentz. We had a clothing line called Clandestine, where I ran it for him, and he and he. And he owned it. And I knew nothing of Fall Out Boy's music except for the stuff that was on MTV. So, I, But I like that. It's, they're cool hits, whatever. Yeah. I just don't know any album cuts or anything like that. And so Pete and I became friends. We were very, very close uh, for years. And during that time, I met all of Pete's friends through that. They're the best guys in the world. All those guys are like the yeah, nicest. Yeah, friends with some I just of stayed for like at Dan Sue's house. For yeah, like Dan, a good friend of mine. So yeah. like those guys are all my friends. And um, like Dan and I are very close to each other weekly. And- Dan's who we got sushi with? Yeah. Is that because he's Asian? Uh, and so, and so, basically, yeah, like but he did order some very weird stuff. Yeah, yeah he did order some weird stuff. See? That is true. That's him. And so we all we all <laughs> hang out, and they're my favorite people in all of Los Angeles. But I know nothing of Jack and Alex's music in All Time Low. I yeah. know nothing of Chad Gilbert's music. I don't. I've never heard a New Found Glory song. But they're all my friends. For some reason, I've connected with that group of people way better than I did rap guys. Yeah. Th- why do you think that Maybe is? Maybe because they have a similar 
background. They do suburban to you. pop yeah, culture backgrounds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like all true. those dudes love pop culture, and probably to some extent we're like a little out of the mainstream, like the same way you were. Absolutely. You know, like you had outside interests. Yeah, and they're a little younger than is. me, so their version of hip hop is pop punk. Sometimes where it's like the the outcast kind of went towards those shows. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and but I again, I, I if you played me all time low, I might know Alex's voice because I've heard it a lot. Right. But when I do the alternative press music awards, I just basically do a crash course for three days as to why Bear Tooth is funny or something. You know, I have right, to like right. look up all these names. Yeah. Um, but who's headlining this year, by the way? A day, day to, to remember. remember. Who's like a huge band that kids like them. Kids like. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't. I haven't. Is it anyone that I would know? Probably not. Well, Marilyn Manson's Marilyn getting Manson's, an award. Yeah, Marilyn Manson. Oh, that's fun. Pan, pretty... pa- Papa Roach is performing. Vanessa, if you want to come hang out. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm going to freak out. You should bring that Marilyn Manson. Uh, poster that we found at mom and dad's I house. I should. I brought it back to New York with oh, me. Oh, you did? Yeah. I found you had a, a poster? I found a signed program no. from, they did a meet and greet at a piercing store in Cleveland <laughs> called Chainlink Addiction. Great name. Before they played this club called The Fantasy, spelled with a PH. Great. In Lakewood, Ohio. And I went to this meet and greet. Um, and who drove me was actually this, uh, Girl JD, who's it was in Latigra, eventually went on to be in Latigra. Yeah. Do you know JD? JD no, but Samson. Like the band. Yeah, she drove me and my friend, and we went. And I remember their guitar player Daisy. This is at a meet and greet. Not many people. Their guitar player had a shirt that said "Fuck you." I have enough friends, which is like a nice, a nice thing <laughs> for me to wear to like, yeah. where you're like literally there to say hi to people. People are paying to be your friend. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I remember like people asking Marilyn Manson. The guy next to me was like, "Can I see your tattoos?" And he was like, "Sure." And he was like, "Showing them." They signed this thing, and I still have it. That's so funny. Um. What was I going to say? He loves comedy. Yeah? You ever spoken to him about comedy? That's no, it. I've never met I him. Think he's re- I think he's a really interesting guy. He loves, like, he like I've been in situations with him where he's around, like, Rob Corddry. Yeah. Or he's around, like, Danny McBride, and he knows everything about Children's Hospital, knows everything about Eastbound. One year, to promote Eastbound, he dressed as Kenny Powers and put it online. Really? And he looked a lot like Kenny oh. Powers, and he did it purely to promote the show. That's awesome. Like, he later told Danny, he's like, yeah, I did that to give you guys some press on the day you guys That's were That's so real. nice. Yeah. <laughs> when so are nice. the APMAs? July 13th, right? Yeah. Come to Columbus. Yeah, you can come. I got a hotel room. Be so fun. Be really fun. Be really fun. Yeah. Let's think about that. I'm thinking about it. (laughs) (laughs) But they're not in Cleveland. That's a bummer. They're in Columbus. Columbus, They lost it because of the convention, right? Yeah. Oh, shit. Public convention. The opposite of what we're doing. Yeah, this year for all the comedy, I'm writing debate stuff. So they come out and do a debate up top. Like, I'm doing all political stuff, which is easier for me. Right, because it's... Oh, Do you know what happened last year when I made fun of the kid from uh, Metro Station? Oh, I yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah, please talk so about that. So we wrote a... Metro Station is a band? Metro yeah. Station is, a, is Trace Cyrus. It's great for me because it's a Wikipedia band. I can just look it up and find out oh, how to Oh, Miley's brother? My, yeah. Like, it's like, I don't know if they're half... Half brother. Half Trace is his Trace, name. Trace, yeah, and he's like covered the in all tattoos. The tattoos. Yeah. 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 yeah, So I have to write um, intros for everyone, and it was really fun for me because it's just a Wikipedia joke. Like, I can yeah. look up and make fun of them. And so I look up there, it's like, oh, this is easy. So uh, it goes, uh, ladies and gentlemen, our next presenters are a lot like Pixar. They're related to Disney, and their work will make you cry. Metro Station. Uh, and so, like, that's such an easy joke. You know what I mean? Like, because two people are related to Miley somehow in that band, right? Oh, yeah. The other main guy in the band, they met on the set of Hannah Montana, like, because I interviewed them. The other dude's, like, younger sister was also on, like, Hannah Montana. It, like, oh, works perfect. They were both, like, child Yeah, actors. the joke is, gotcha. what I'm saying is, it's the joke, joke is fucking perfect. Yeah, yeah I think both, that's like, a great joke. Great joke. Related. And great so, joke, yeah, yes. so it gets a laugh in the room, and, uh, I dissed other people worse. There's a band that I can't remember their name, but there's also a- that's not really mean. It's like you mean it'll make you cry. Like I mean, like it's shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if everyone got it that way, but that's what I yeah. definitely meant. He yeah. means it so bad that it'll make, it'll you, make cry. you cry. But I didn't Is- say so bad it'll make you cry. I just said, and their their work might make you cry. 
Because their music isn't like it's like my parents divorced. No, it's like they like, like have like we're gonna party and yeah. do it all night. Like it's like that. All it's like <laughs> that's actually their new single. Yeah, we're gonna party and do it all <laughs> night. We're party actually, and do it all I, night. I wrote a hit. Uh, <laughs> and so basically, so basically, uh, we we do that joke. They come back. It's a very it's a haphazard show. So we're. On the you fly. do it, and you're, you're saying you're doing it not at a rehearsal. You do no, it. No, this at is the, a real show. Real show. Okay. Yeah, and so they go up, and they and I Trace goes up with no shirt on, which is enough for me. He's like a buff, not buff, buff, but he's like a skinny, muscly. Those Cyrus kids guy. have great bods. Yeah, great hot bods. <laughs> and so they are now working on their next thing. They are, like we're running the show like a real award show. So they're working on their next thing, and I hear something out of the corner of my ear, and I walk over, and I realize he's threatening us on the stage. So during the show, he's like, all time low, you guys, they're fucking, they took us out on tour with pieces of shit, and I'm telling, like, and he's just going off. Wait, so all time low did the intro? Sorry. I wrote it, and all time low. low. Yeah, Yeah, I write all the stuff. Then then Metro Station gets up there. To present an award. To present present an award, and instead of just being like, the next winners, they're like, I just want to say something first. Like, like those yeah. guys, those guys, have, those guys have come at us before. We've always been cool. We've always with been them. cool with them, yeah. and they're a piece of shit. And, and when you're on tour, you, you say it to my face. Then, and I walk up to Jack and Alex. I go, I think we're about to get in a fight. <laughs> like, what do you mean? I was like, I think he just threatened us. He's going to walk off stage. He has to pass us. And Alex is like, that's fine, whatever. And Jack's like, wait, what? And then now here comes Trace. And and he went, I mean, he got in our faces. He called us, he called us gay slurs. Uh, and eventually we're just like, dude, if you're going to fucking fight us, let's go. Like, like we're not going to sit here oh, and get God. yelled at this. And so we're almost, these. I'm in the middle, this little Jewish writer is in the middle of this <laughs> pop punk fight. Tra- Trace Cyrus eventually bitches out, goes outside, uh, and then like Snapchats or Instagrams himself threatening us again. And, he, and that one he threw out there. And their writer, you know, he threw out like a writer disc to me uh and so like it was just one of those moments and we're i'm gonna hit him again this year but it was cool because all <laughs> are I, they coming I, back no, no no but i have a great joke for them <laughs> but you had another one then you did something with- oh oh yeah then okay yeah I, I got him again basically i forgot i even did this jack and alec i'm such an idiot jack and i'm like 35 years old playing around with these kids and so jack and alex have a thing where they're like uh are we doing well let's check twitter and they check where they go i don't know this asshole's been tweeting at us all night like and, and then it shows me on the thing and i'm like whatever middle fingering them and it says like uh jack and alex's hosts really suck dick or really suck cock and then they bring me up, and I'm like a hater. You know, I'm playing like a hater character. And uh, and they're like, change it, man. Change it back. And I was like, oh, and, but I first come out, and they go, what's your name? I go, I'm Jensen. I'm a huge fan of Metro Station. Uh, and, then, and then I hit him again, and they were furious. And then and then, and then we show that we, and then, and then eventually the joke is I changed my tweet. I go, I took it down, I put up a new one, and it's Jack and Alex suck penis. It's just a stupid joke. And that one I'm not proud of. And then on my way out, I yelled, go Warriors in the Q arena, which I'm most proud of. Uh, but yeah, and then, and then Brendan Urie came out, who's another friend of mine, whose music I barely know uh, he performed a song and right before his he was like this song goes out to that piece of shit Trey Cyrus get off my friends or something like that or stay away from my friends so he did not catch a win is what I'm saying yeah, by yeah, it. Yeah. I mean like also like when you get dissed like yeah, laugh about it you know yeah. what I mean yeah I made fun of those two kids that are DJs they're on Warp Tour they wear masks do you know what I'm talking about um, They're called. They have. They were on Warped Tour. They were. They were white masks. Oh, Twenty One Pilots. Or no, so, no, way not famous. Okay, I would know that. Gotcha. This was like a band you don't know. And their joke was: our next presenters, their name, wear a mask to seal their identity, as if people would know them if they saw their face. Ladies and gentlemen, it <laughs> yeah, was yeah. like the band. And oh, like, I know who you're talking. I saw those guys walking around. I've known yeah, who they were, and they loved it. Yeah, and they came up to us and thanked us. So it's yeah, like it's like yeah, living it. Yeah, and yeah. Speaking of that, just <laughs> slight digression. Uh, remember at the MTV, the VMAs. 
how you were sitting next to uh, who are you sitting? Daft Punk. Daft Punk. <laughs> and you didn't know who they were, did no. you? Yeah, I was very. Uh, there's like big holes. But you didn't pop. know where they were, and they were in their masks. They're in their masks. You didn't know who they were. I'm like a little in my own world when it comes to like pop culture and music, right. especially music. Well, Vanessa's in there too. You, the, <laughs> well, I didn't know who they were tradition. either, and I was like, they MTV did MTV hire these guys in like robot masks? And they didn't talk like, the whole time. They didn't move. But I guess it was one of those things. We had pretty good seats, so I think it was like they would pan the audience, obviously, yeah. and like show like Daft Punk. I didn't know here. who they were either, and I was just like, this is so weird that the these weird. guys. Wait, so are both like- of you guys saw Daft Punk in their outfits, and neither of you knew who they were? <laughs> yes. No, I just thought they were like a gimmick. That can I wear the be- Can I wear the Bayer family crest as a shirt? This is the best. What a great thing for you both was, not to know. Well, you know. I was <laughs> presenting at the. I was Vanessa presenting. My so I was with yeah. me and the and our the SNL publicist. Yeah. And then Jonah and my friend Julie were sitting like really close to us, like a few. <laughs> Wait, hold on. This is even funnier. So me and Vanessa, no idea who Daft Punk is. It's right What's next to so us. Crazy but to I'm me. freaking out because I'm like Richard Simmons is in front of us. <laughs> I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, it's fucking Richard Simmons, like, losing my mind. <laughs> the Daft Punk guys are honestly like, these yeah, two I kids think, are crazy. I think, like, Taylor Swift was sitting near us. Oh, like, yeah. There was, like, all these other people. Lady Gaga was like, you remember she was wearing, like, the seashell thing? She was, like, right, she was, like, she was, like, probably five rows in front of me. I, Both of you so still Richard people. Simmons. Yes. Yeah, and I, and Daft Punk was walking around, and I was like, who are these guys? Like, <laughs> how did they get I, up here? I wrote on that award show for, like, three or four days and really? got one joke on it. Yeah. What was it? During the Miley sleepover bit. Do you remember that? She had rappers. Oh, this might have been... I think we were there a different year, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, mine was the year... Last that year, Miley host, hosted. This was, oh, okay. this was like... This was oh, yeah, I remember when you did that. very controversial yeah, performance. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was, yeah. I remember you came out, right? Yeah, that was yeah, the yeah. year before. Yeah. But I only got one joke on this last year, which it doesn't say anything about me, I hope, but... Uh, we, she did a sleepover and she had rappers over like Juicy J or whatever. And so I wrote a bit where they have a Ouija board and they contact Biggie like they, and everyone. And then they go, who, who killed you? And it goes, L A P and it stop. And it just cuts out <laughs> like we're trying to say the LAPD killed Biggie yeah. and they used it, which is crazy. Cause when I pitched it, I was like, they're never going to do this. Yeah. And yeah. they did the LAPD joke and everything in LA. So I like to think I'm helping the conspiracy I, theory behind Biggie's death. I, um, I wow. thought she did a great job and I love her great. and I, she was she hosted like she did this season premiere like right after that and yeah. she we were sort of saying like she it, that Nicki Minaj thing was like, it's a bummer to like work so hard on a show yeah, and, and then the only that. thing people talk about after what happened with Nicki Minaj Nicki Minaj kind of called her out it was so weird it was, was like was it for appropriation or was it for maybe it was just for like talking shit but I think it, she thought that she had I can't something happened and Miley like commented on it. Yeah. And I well, can't, from the week earlier, there was appropriation yeah. stuff. Yeah, there was like a lot of appropriation stuff going on that week. Yeah, I guess Iggy so. Azalea was happening. Everything was happening where it was like white girls trying to do black oh, stuff. Oh, I know. Was it that it was something about the Grammys, maybe? Like no black people were oh, that's right. nominated and, yeah. in some category or something like that. Yeah. And and Miley said something like... It's the best music. It wasn't about race Yeah, it wasn't about race yeah. or something. And, and no one wanted, no one wants to hear Iggy or Miley's opinion on that, really. Right, right, and right. And that was what the reaction was. And so that, yeah, and so uh, Nicki Minaj kind of called her out in a way that, like, it, I actually have to say, like, I think Miley handled it so well. It, better than I would have. That I thought it was part of the thing. Me too, I thought it was part of the bit. Because she responded to her and then, like, did kind of like a, 
Like it just, yeah, it seemed like it was, a bit. She politically answered it very well. I think, yes, m- I, like Nikki tried to be really confrontational, and Miley was like, "Well, I'm sorry you feel that way." Our next <laughs> presenter, it was like, it was like she hadn't, she lost no. Yeah, she just was. <laughs> like, she just kept going. She, she was just like, it. sometimes it's not about that. Sorry you feel that way. Okay, speaking of feeling that way, like she even like tied yeah. in or something. <laughs> she got her apology it, into yeah. the transition. I think you might have some competition with your Miley impression, by the way. <laughs> uh, mine, yeah, yeah, mine sounded like like uh, mine sounded like Jim Varney, Ernest. <laughs> I was like, "Hey, Vern, it's me, Miley Cyrus." <laughs> You want to pick up this car? You know, let's go to camp. Let's go to jail. So good. Yeah, it sounds like Ernest. <laughs> but but she like I thought, and then like I was good, and then like I guess it was a real thing. But that was like that's such a it's such a um it's such a like like because even when like when we were doing when she hosted SNL, there was some stuff that we had written for her that was like a little controversial, and she was like, I think this stuff is great, mm-hmm. but if I do it, it's all people will talk about after the show. Yeah. She's like, you guys can do this stuff, and like people will move on and it's like you do a show every week but she's like for me like it'll live forever it'll live forever can i tell you one thing that i do find weird about miley cyrus's career yeah she takes photos that are ape shit yeah like porno ape shit and no one talks about them well my mom does because my (laughs) my mom i think followed her on twitter or instagram Mm -hmm. which mom has like a secret account like i think she just has an account so she can follow us or something and she was like, how do I, how do I, she's like, all I see is Miley's stuff. And I'm like, well, mom, that's because you don't follow a lot of people. Right. And so her stuff is coming up and I'm like, I can show you how to like block it or mute it or whatever. But, but, um, yeah, I think that's just part of, it's like, true. Sometimes people don't really talk about no, it. No, sometimes she shows her entire vagina yeah. <laughs> and like no one even makes a big is deal it on out of Instagram? it. I, well, I've seen it on like the internet. Yeah. Like I've seen it just like on and it's Terry like, Richardson. Terry Richardson shot sometimes. Yeah. And then other people too. Oh really? But like the, just, the Terry ones are bonkers. Yeah. They're well, like porn stars wouldn't do some of the poses crazy. she's doing. <laughs> and so like I but it doesn't it doesn't follow her at all. No one talks about it. I uh, right? gotta love her. <laughs> no, I love her. I, I I'm a big fan. I'm yeah, a big no, fan. I don't know. I, I haven't seen that. those, but um you know, I'm always I really want to see what this next sentence is going to be. I was just going to say, I'm, I'm always like looking up episodes of Blossom and stuff. So that's what I do <laughs> that's on what the I internet. Do. By the way, that the I the I didn't get into it last night. The story about like me meeting Jennifer. Yeah, Jennifer Van Oy, you met. Who I'm sure would do your podcast. We would love to have her. She's adorable. She's she so, married. Yes, and she has two kids. That's why she wrote Situation Momedy. Right, Situation Momedy. Right. But congrats um, on the pun, Jennifer Van Oy. Do you know who Jennifer Van Oy is, Brad? No. <laughs> she played six on Blossom. She was the best friend. Of course. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to bring up that picture while you're talking about her. Um, the one I wanted to show you from like King Magazine. Oh, also, um, you know what? We uh, This is going to take a real drastic turn. Go is for that it. okay? Totally fine. We never talk less. I did this for people listening. You know, I did this. Jensen's book just came out. and Which I was did so like nice a, of you. Thank you so much. I did a Q&A oh, with him West last night. $300? Kanye yes. West owes me $300. It's available yes. now. It's available now. Thank you. Cover. Thank you. When I when I keep referencing last night, I'm talking about when I did this Q and A with him at the Strand Bookstore, which was so nice of you. Thank you. It was so fun. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is her. Sometimes for a while, it seems Jenna Von Oy's career was around the idea that she had a pretty great butt, and okay. so she would do appearances and fashion shows and magazine covers where the focus was on her butt. And I'm just letting you know that this is what she was doing for a while. What it? What a? This um... is a fashion show. <laughs> Of Jenna Von Oy from Blossom, but I'll show you the magazine cover I'm talking about. But I guess she her, she really lived on the butt for a minute. Well, good for her. Here, like, this is the mag- This is the cover I was talking about. Jenna Von Oy from Blossom. Well, great. She was living it. 
<laughs> Crazy, right? Jenna Von Oy. I can relate. I used to live on my butt. Yeah. 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 Anyway. <laughs> Just a couple of years. I mean, it's weird. All of her pictures are like bikini. Yeah. That's I got to start living on my butt. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> We're all going to do it eventually. What I never we asked you there. about, yeah. but you've told me chain. about this too, is is about your the brain tumor stuff. Yeah, I have brain tumors. Remember how like I totally didn't talk about that last, <laughs> last night? night at all. I yeah. feel like it's not it's such it's like it's it's what the book is framed in it. Yeah. The idea is that I'm writing this because when I faced mortality in my own life, this was something that came up as unfinished. Yeah. That's and that's true. That is a true statement. That's why one of the main reasons I want to write the book is that I escaped this story of my life, yeah. hid from it, and then when I figured I was dying, there was yeah. part of me that wanted to address it. But I was I had a ringing in my ear. And this was how long ago? This was when I was 28. So okay, 29. Okay. Around, yeah, around 28, 29. So this is now eight years, six years ago. And so I was, uh, had a ringing in my ear, went to the doctor. He was like, oh, it's just inflammation. Gave me a steroid shot. It went away. Yeah, that's exactly what happened when it, before I was diagnosed with leukemia, by the way. They really? were like, you just have a swollen eye. We'll give you steroids. Wow, really? So I guess similar. Yeah. And so I, so he goes, but listen, um, I can get you a free CAT scan, yeah, which is so apeshit. I was like, oh, I'll take one of those. And he was like, yeah, just it's free because I like, we want to see more of what's in your ear. Like, it'll be great. You'll get a coupon. I was like, okay. And so I go in, I do the MRI or the brain scan, you know, with the buzzing and you've, you've had, it, I'm sure it's like, you know, it's like having like a dubstep DJ in your ear and, I, and it's terrible. And I was like, okay. So two days later, three days later, they call me with the results and I go, all right, put them through. And they were like, nope. And I was like, oh, he's too busy. I go, well, I'm too busy. And then they're like, no, you're not listening. And so I went in and he sat me down and told me about three spots in my midbrain, which is right in the middle, yeah. right here, inoperable, so they can never touch them. And uh, they were like, now we have to have a waiting game and basically sit it out. And if they grow or develop at any point, you have brain cancer. And I was like, that's it. And then you walk out of the office and that's it. You don't have anything else to do. And so for months, you're just waiting on these tests to come back, you have to take them every three, four months. And, and the first one, they go, it's not growing. It's not growing. It's not growing. And after four or five years, you're like, great. I don't think they're ever growing, yeah. which is a dream. But they still have to watch them every four months, five yeah. months. And if they grow at any point, then I would start radiation and chemo. But the crazy part is, is if they were here, or I'm pointing in my head in a podcast, if they were near the ear or anything right, like that, could... I would just have them removed. Yeah. I would have brain surgery. But instead, they just sit as juvenile tumors or, you know, dead cells, which shows that I'm a genius because uh, my brain has learned to jump them. Really? They're dead cells. But I've never been in a slow class or so I, it's never That's it's so never gotten crazy. in the way. So do you yeah. still have to monitor it? Yeah. That's any. But if it makes you feel better. Everyone with you. Yeah, I know. Anyone who's at any kind of I mean, even for me having leukemia when I was. 15 like i still have to go i go in yeah. once a year and they just, i thought you didn't have to do that anymore. no they well i i go to a doctor at sloan kettering who has uh like has like my records of like every chemo that i ever had and so they're more kind of at this point they're more monitoring me for like long-term side effects but they're also conscious of like just checking like you know like they're still kind of like making sure that i'm like still because because the thing about any kind of cancer is like they will never they'll say you're cured like the american cancer society says you're cured after five years but you're never like they can never be like you'll never get it again right but you just the lot the, the basically the longer the further out you are the better you're like I, to me i feel like now my chances of getting leukemia again are as good as anyone's you know what i mean but 
I don't yeah. know if that was the most uplifting sentence. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> we feel that your leukemia chances are down. Yeah, they're not yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. Instead, she's like, "It's just like all of us. We can all get it the same now." But, Very uplifting. But, <laughs> but like, <laughs> but also like, it's fun being in New York because I get to go to Sloan Kettering. Not that that's like the most fun thing to do, but like the doctors are just like the best here, yeah. and they like invented everything. Yeah. So like, it's I feel really good same about it. Same in LA with Cedars. But, it's similar. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. they're just so. But like, um, but like, I have to get like MRIs. I have to do that every few years because I had like radiation to my to my uh, yeah, brain. Yeah, at a young age. And yeah, and they yeah. were like, they told me they were, which is like they were like, you just because you had radiation, you may eventually get these little like, I can't remember what they called them, but these little balls of like nothing near your brain, and they're like they you can remove them by like they they're not harmful, but they can just grow, and then they, it's if they grow, then then. Uh, then they can like push on your brain. Right. So they're like, we just will monitor it every few years, and and then like when you get when they get big enough, we'll just remove them. You know what I learned from having brain tumors though, and maybe you did too from being yeah. sick. Vision is everything. If your vision does something weird, you're dying. Oh, interesting. I did like, not learn that because I was very nervous. Scary. Well, because it's scary because they were like the real things I'm supposed to be looking for, and vision's top one. Vision's one. Whoa. And I was like, well, tell me. I was like, because I have bad vision. So what do you mean? Like, if things are fuzzy, they're like, <laughs> right. no, you'll know. And so I found out later, it's like, you'll see a line in the middle of your vision and your vision will be doubled. So like, I'll see half of you and then that half is doubled underneath it. Shit like that. And also they go, you'll fall. And I go, I fall all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but they're like, no, 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 you'll fall and you'll like try to but get back up and fall again. has that ever happened to your no. vision? No. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. You're no. saying that's when those it... are the sen- Those are like, those yeah. are the symptoms. Those are the ones you don't want. Gotcha. Vision's the killer. That's very scary. Very well, scary. if anyone is having vision problems and listening to this, it could. <laughs> they have a lot out. of really good doctors, so don't worry about <laughs> go it. Go to LA or New York. <laughs> yeah. But just go to a doctor. Slip, slip. And the clinic, you went to, Cleveland Clinic was good, too. I went to University Hospital, where <laughs> right. we were both born. Um, but, <laughs> do you define yourself? Like, do, when you think about yourself, does that come up a lot about your struggle it when you're does, a You know, I, I was really. When I got on SNL, I never talked about it because I really didn't want it to be like girl who like had gimmick, cancer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I didn't want it to be a gimmick, exactly. Yeah. But I feel like I got away from it for a while when I was when I started on SNL and stuff. And now I feel like I I don't think it defines me. But I now I'm like more. I mean, I always did stand up about it, I guess. But like I stopped doing stand up about it when I was on SNL. I feel like for a while it defined me. Now I feel like it doesn't as much. But now I'm almost more into talking about it. I would hope so, yeah. Because now, but you're also so visual now, and I think people when they hear that, I think it's funny because I've I've told a couple of people in my life that I I find that so admirable. I I like I think it's so cool, especially because I went through right around a time you 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 uh, told me that story, and I thought it was great for us to connect on that. Yeah, and I found a lot of inspiration in it, and so. I think did you start crying, uh, and, went, so, uh, and so I I did, and so when I tell people that, and I go, oh, she went through this, and they there, there is something about you because you're so carefree and funny, and then hearing that story, I think people, oh, she did, I think yeah. it like, gives it a face in a, in a yeah. strange way, yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I think it's yeah. Nice. I do. I like talking about it now. Vanessa, <laughs> we went right a show. Vanessa was supporting it, and some guy who had just gotten diagnosed with cancer mm-hmm. did a oh bunch my of God, cancer jokes. Po- he's and he so, really he's funny. doing well now. He is. And then Vanessa was like... Chris Bergstrom, I think. Yeah. Is oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Then was, a lot of people in comedy right now, unfortunately. Yeah. Quincy Jones. I know that's a crazy name, but Quincy Jones is the guy who uh, it has like an HBO special. He's, he's supposed to die any month. Uh, yeah, and he did like a Kickstarter to have a special and HBO picked it all up oh anyway. That's cool. Yeah, and there's a, a couple guys that, yeah. uh, on Twitter I see that I'm like, oh man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I Vanessa mean, got a little competitive about it. She was like, I got the better cancer joke. <laughs> well, he, like, he was going through, he had just had chemo that day and he was at UCB doing stand-up and I couldn't believe it and he, he so he did some jokes about it and I wasn't going to do my cancer stuff but I was like, 
All right. Well, if now, you I gotta, on his, now I got to take him down. Go, and then at the end of it, he I doesn't go, know about my type whose five. stuff was better? <laughs> yeah. Who had better cancer bits? The guy who's going through it right now or the one who got over it at 15? Uh, yeah, no, I, I, uh, I, my father died of cancer and, and, and I was doing stand-up at that time and I never felt it. I never felt inspiration from it. It was just yeah. like fucking terribly yeah. sad for me. Of course. I couldn't do it. But now I can whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You guys have to pee so badly. Yeah, do it. I'll be right back. Um, I, I was this would be funny if we were mic'd and she forgot she was mic'd. I mean, sort of like what... I mean, obviously, this is a very different situation, but sort yeah. of how Vanessa was saying, she got away from talking about leukemia for a while yeah. when she started picking up. I mean, to me, like, I never knew, really knew about the Hot Carl stuff. Most don't. I mean, is that... Comedy people don't. No one knew until I released, until I basically announced the book. What? Like I hit it, man. I would go into rooms and get it off YouTube. Really? Because walk into a comedy room and they saw me rapping in a music video... It's terrible. When I got to WWE, I felt like shit. They'd all known everything. When I wrote pro wrestling and I walked in that room and everyone was like, and one dude was like, Carl as my name. I thought that was a diss. I still do. Like, it was like, oh, Carl's here. I was like, I don't want that. Like, I wanted the same opportunity as everyone else without knowing that I rhymed words for a living for two years of my life. Yeah. And so, but now I, now I accept it so much, you know, but like Paul Shearer, who's like my mentor in comedy, um, you know, he was really one of the only people who even knew half the story no one i would hide the rest of it so what was the process like of like writing the book like going back through all those old photos and so stuff? weird yeah yeah so weird my mom um i make jokes about being a historian of my life which she is she keeps when, when i was starting to write the book she brought out boxes of things she kept and i was a hidden character and had a song in the in the game nba live 2003 which is like a highlight of my life you know <laughs> my mom had four copies I don't know why she had four copies. Why do you need more than one copy? <laughs> I don't understand why you need more than one copy of a video game. And so she had like GameCube and she had PlayStation 2 and she had all these different games. And it's like, it's very nice. But then when it came time to write the book, it opened up so many stories for me. You know, like seeing all those things out and remembering the news, con- or the press conference I did with Buster Rhymes that made the book. Like things would sort of like, br- sort of push back memories into my mind by my mom just having a photo or my mom found the photo of me and Kanye that became sort of the iconic picture used in, in, in articles for my, for my book. Um, and she found that three days before we, uh, had the full book due. So I didn't have really? a picture of me and Kanye till three days before, but that's how, that's how odd the whole situation came together is like my mom having all those things and then me being able to remember the stories and those worked out. And that's, that's what the book's based on. And then the money that you got from, Jimmy Iodine, I think. Jimmy Iodine, that's right. Jimmy and Timmy Iodine. Iodine. I love that. Um, You use that money to open the gallery? Eventually, yeah. I mean, I used it to live, too. But then with the final, you know, the final couple tens of thousands, I was able to open an art gallery, yeah, in Los Angeles. And that was my response to not having my art heard was like i want to make something where i know art will be seen katie my business partner who uh, who vanessa's met um me uh, her and i we basically control everything that goes on those walls and it's really a response to not having my music heard which is i control it now well also i have to say like it's such um it's such like interesting stuff and it's like i don't know it's like it feels like um in the same way that like what you're doing like I don't, I'm, there's no eloquent way for, I can't really figure out my words right now, but just the fact that it's like what you're doing is so appealing to like every, to like everybody, like everybody would be into that kind of art because it references so much pop culture and stuff that you're interested in. It's like a real, like I normally would go to an art gallery and probably like pretend to like it, (laughs) but be like, you know what I mean? But your stuff is so cool and like accessible in a way that I feel like. Well, that was the goal. Yeah. Yeah. The goal was to just have something where everyone 
can walk in and find something they like, and yeah. they don't have to pretentiously explain to you why you should buy it. Right. That was have you goal. ever been there, Jonah? No, I don't think so. Sometimes he does. You know, I do pop ups. Yeah. We did, we've done Chicago stuff. when we were in Chicago. Yeah. We've done, uh, we've done New York, and and I think I think the goal is is that it's all pop culture based, and even when we don't do pop culture, it has that aesthetic, and and it's it's for people who are you know who have a uniqueness in their clothing and will spend a little bit of more money for a t-shirt that no one else has or something like that. We created that for art, which is if you spend $300 on your sneakers, you can get away with a $50 print for your wall and not look like everyone else, not have like a yeah. Scarface poster, or a baby in a pea pot or whatever. <laughs> big and Geds family. It's room. really cool. I feel like, I yeah. wanted to, so how big of like a part of your life is the get, like what's sort of your day to day? Well, nowadays the gallery is not that, not that. Okay. Involved. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I curate everything. Yeah. I, I run everything, but there's managers who gotcha. are godsends. Um, and so they run the day to day and like, there's an opening tonight. I don't have to be there. It's in, you know, I'm in New York. So like, uh, that helps. But I mean, I, I still, my time is, is, I'm I'm pretty much in charge of marketing the gallery as far as like online and um, ideas moving forward and stuff like that. I still run that basically alone. And then I do a lot of the social media stuff alone. There's things I still do alone, but those are a little, I don't have to be in the office, which is nice. But then what's your day to day? So nowadays it's, it's compartmentalized in my iCal, like my, my right. fantastic Cal. So like, I know that there's a bunch of interviews today for the book. So that blocks that out. But then also right. there was an art gallery opening tonight. So there was a bunch of social media I'd have to do. Right. So everything is about the event that happens that day. And I don't think about Monday until Monday. And I feel like you often have like a lot of writing stuff that you yeah, do and like producing of, kind of, it's crazy. I mean, remember when I, w- I was talking to you after you did that thing that, uh, I, I, that paperback, like that thing. Oh, the Jerry O'Connell joke. Yeah. Yeah. I, I basically, I went to Shia LaBeouf. I don't know why I did this. I I don't know why I did this. I went to Shia LaBeouf's art exhibit in LA, which was him in a room alone. I don't know if you've heard this story. Right. It was like him alone in a room and you could talk to him about anything. And he would just be quiet. And like people went through weird emotions with him, whatever. This is before Shia sort of became kind of a cool artist. I hate to say that, but I mean, this is when no, he... No, I'm happy for him. I feel too. like good for him for like kind of figuring it out. Yeah. He's a cool visual. I mean, it's a cool performance artist now, but at the time it was kind of corny. And so, and so he was in this room and it was near the gallery and I had nothing to do that day. I, I was working at this online comedy uh, company and I wasn't, I was like my last week. And so I was like, I'll go. So I meet my friend Matt there and we're out there for 10 minutes. I go, what the fuck are we doing? Why are we doing this? And he's like, yeah, let's go home. I said, all right, let's go home. So as I'm walking away from this dumb line for Shia LaBeouf's thing, I notice that the store next door isn't, doesn't have anyone in it. Like literally they share a wall. And so I was like, I walk in, I go, hi, would you rent me this? And they're like, what do you mean? I was like, can I have this tomorrow for four hours? And she goes, yeah. I go, how much? She goes, two grand. I go, okay. I give her my credit card. I walk outside. I get on the phone. I call Funny or Die. And I go, question. If I have the space next to Shia LaBeouf's space, will you give me $2,000 to put together a thing and I'll use your crew? And they go, yeah. So I rebuilt. I went home that day with Ali Hord, who's, a, who's now on Seth Meyers, but was a great producer at Funny or Die. And I, I, I took photos that I found from online from the first day of his art exhibit and mimicked it in the, store, in the place next door. So we did everything the exact same. And then I called Jerry O'Connell, who I know from, from work stuff. And I go, Jerry, can you come down to LA tomorrow for four hours? He goes, yeah. I go, great. So now it's the same exact art exhibit as Shia LaBeouf, except in Shia LaBeouf's room, he won't talk to you. In our room, Jerry won't stop talking. He won't let you talk. He will talk about Stand By Me. Whatever you want to talk about, he will just keep talking until you leave. And, and, then, and then we created the same exact window treatment. We counted how many security guards and how many wands they have. We counted everything, every detail, and mimicked it exactly. So the next morning when they, ent- when they opened the store, we, theirs said, I'm not famous with Shia LaBeouf. Ours said, I'm not famous too. 
a TOO with Jerry O'Connell. And then we opened them at the same time, and no one knew what line to get in. It was we ended up with a bigger line than Shia. It was so crazy, and it was like one of those things that got picked up everywhere. And like that's the stuff I like doing, you know. And and, and like I'm on Rob Riggle's pilot. I'm doing his. I'm writing his TBS pilot in next month. Like those are the things I like to do. Like I like doing weird, off kiltered stuff. Well, it's like it's like um, it's just like. He was just. Tell- I remember when you were doing it, and was yeah. just telling me about it. Like, yeah, I think I was like texting with you that day about other things, and you're like, "What are you doing?" And I was well, like, "Well, no, I, w- I think that was. I went to your gallery. I think that that day. day. Oh yeah, yeah, something. yeah, yeah, yeah. You were in town. Yeah, that's and, right. And it was that's so right. crazy because he was like telling me he was doing it like." It was like a normal thing that he had just thought. Of. It was like such a genius thing that <laughs> you had you. just thought of. But you were just like, "Yeah, so I'm going to do this," and I was like, "What?" Yeah. And you were like, "Or you had just done it, or yeah, something." And then you said something after. about how like Shia got in touch with you. He did, Shia. Yeah. Well, because I came back to the gallery and was like, and the, the my manager was like, "What the fuck happened today?" She's like, "Why is everyone calling here?" And I was like, "Oh, I did this weird stunt down the street, uh, the Shia LaBeouf thing." And she goes, "Oh, you did it with Shia after all?" And I was like, "Wait, what?" And she was like, "Oh, you didn't get the email?" And I was like, "No." And so Shia had emailed me like a week before. I don't know him. We have mutual friends. Oh, right. And, and, so, and we have mutual friends. And so he was like, hey, I'm a big fan of the gallery, which then stings. Like, it hurts my heart. I'm like, oh, oh. no. Because this was like across the street from the gallery. Yeah, right? it's real yeah. close. And he was like, and I'm, I have this idea for an art show. And it was the thing he did at this other gallery. Now, what I do want to go on record of is I love the idea. Yeah. I, I don't care now. I, I think I could spill it at this point. It's been years. Basically, here's what the idea of that art show was. Okay, so pieces. I don't know if this has ever been said. In my opinion, I, but I don't care now because it's been years, and it yeah, wasn't like don't yeah. tell anyone. Okay, okay. If you went into his thing, it's it's a rip off of a lot of other people's gimmicks, like Mario Abramovich or whatever or that woman, right? So like, and, and there's also touches of Yoko Ono. Um, that he used other elements of other artists' things to create that thing that we saw in the room, right? Um, the artist is present is is the Abramovich one. So like, people were like, this isn't even a new idea. Okay, he got caught like two months before plagiarizing a da- like a Daniel clothes thing or something like, yeah. like a, I forget who the artist was, but he basically took a comic book, filmed it as a reel for his like directing and then put it up online and didn't tell the art, the author right. or anything about what he did, which I could see being an idiot's problem like that. Like that's, he's not selling it. Like I could see yeah. he doesn't think that's a problem. Well, it is. You can't like use someone else's work, whatever. So he got caught and people shit on him for it. His idea was that back in the medieval days, when you got caught doing something, they like did something outlandishly on top of it. So like if I got caught stealing, they'd obviously cut my hands off. If I missed church two days, they'd make you wear a big comical rosary, like a big one that made your neck hurt. Like it was something that was always what you did, but to a comical amount. So what he said is, I'm going to create this, I'm going to pay for my sins so that I'm going to start replicating other people's things and take it to it even further. I'm going to rip off everything. And then you can tell me how much you hate me for it in the room. So like, I'm not only going to plagiarize, I'm going to plagiarize on top of that plagiarism. And then you can, you can tell me why you think it's garbage. Want to hear the craziest part? Yes. I fucking ran his description of the art exhibit in Google. And it was the Wikipedia page for this definition of torture. He took it and pretended it was his words, even in the explanation of the art show. Holy shit. Wait, say that say that again. So in the email that he sent me, yeah. he plagiarized something off Wikipedia in he's like, and here's my idea for the show. I ran it against Google to see because we were like, where do you get these words? Oh. He ripped it off from the internet. That's how deep he was going into this plagiarism thing. That's pretty intense. I was like, and I immediately wrote him back. So I wrote him back. I was like, listen, because he because because then did he email you again once you had done? No, I emailed him. Okay, and I said, 
dude, listen, I never saw this email. I, it got passed me by an assistant and I did not see it. I was like, I just did the thing. You obviously know that based on my name being on this email. I was like, <laughs> but I just want to let you know, like if people knew this was happening, I guarantee you people would like what you did. It's a great explanation. I showed it to people. He drew it out yeah. with the bag and everything. And then he talked about how he was going to, at Cannes, at the film festival, he was going to do it, which he did. Um, and I said, I, sh- I showed it to people and they love it. It's just that no one knows this is what you're doing. I was like, if you want a platform to talk about this, I could give you a million of them, but this is the greatest. And that was, and I've never spoken to him since, but it's, it was a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. And since then he's done cool shit where like you can ride an elevator with him, right? At a dorm. I don't know. Yeah. Like some college dorm. He just rode an elevator for 24 hours. You could watch all his movies with him in a theater. He did that. Like he's done cool, weird performance art things. I don't know. He's come a long way since holes. holes. Yeah. Long way since holes. That's the name of his memoir. Holes. What was holes? It's a Disney movie, this right? Disney movie he did, which I actually read the book, and it does have scary parts. <laughs> was it he was on Freaks and Geeks or something? Wasn't he? Wasn't like he the actor? He was, on kids. he was a mascot or something. Yeah, he was. He was the mascot in Freaks and Geeks. He yeah. was. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was the high school mascot. Yeah. But he only, I think he only comes up like twice. Yeah. Wasn't he originally? There was an HBO show about making Shaker documentaries. Heights. Yeah, he was the yeah. first Project Greenlight. Greenlight. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I'm surprised you're did not on Shaker that Heights one. Did Shaker Heights take place in Shaker Heights? <laughs> I hope so. It's yeah, like, it was an Ohio thing, right? Yeah, yeah our, it was. Yeah. Our mom went to Shaker Heights High School. Our dad yeah. went there, our dad Jonah. Went to, <laughs> our mom went to Cleveland, <laughs> Cleveland Heights. Cleveland Who's, what's your dad's name, Vanessa? Todd. Todd Bayer. Todd Bayer. Vanessa is so good at doing impressions of us from that video because she's watched it so many times. <laughs> My mom goes, you like you like to draw or something? And you go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So cute. You have to watch it immediately. The other thing, too, is that you guys are the opposite of me. All I have are videos from when I was a kid. My really? dad videoed everything. So Our you guys have two. didn't video anything. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. You guys have almost no evidence you were children. We Although pictures. I think, I think that they, we might have that like really old school film. We could try and get it digitized. Oh, like 8 millimeter. Like yeah, a like, snuff film? Like, uh, <laughs> like uh, that almost came like like you could see the film. Yeah, reel to reel. Yeah. yeah hey, you guys should get that digitized. Really? Well, it's pretty might easy. Have it yeah, it's really easy. Just take it to one of those places. Remember we had like one of those weird cameras that you could like project the stuff? It's a super eight camera, yeah. You I mean don't. like the way movies were shown? <laughs> <laughs> For a thousand, hundreds of years? Yeah. yeah that, I around. think we have some, some of that <laughs> you stuff. You know better I gotta than me. Find I was it. probably... It's so many impressions you have. If there's more film to go, you could do many more. I mean, I just got to meet um, Cindy Lauper. Did I tell you this? Oh, shit. And I started almost, I started crying. She's my favorite. She goes, I I just go, uh, she was on Seth's show and someone told me and I go like, can I go into her dressing room and meet her? And she had like a facial mask on and stuff. And she was so nice. And I go, I just have to tell you, like when I was a kid, I used to like sing your songs. I used to like perform your songs yeah. and I would dress so weird and I would just like perform your songs for like my family. And I like started tearing up. Oh. <laughs> it was like the craziest thing. And she signed a CD for me. Nice. Or she has like a new album. I'm such a fan. Oh. She's so incredible. She was so nice. She showed me her new music video. She was like so nice. And, like, she was not surprised that I used to, like, dress up and sing her song. She yeah. was like, there were a lot of little Cindy's. <laughs> so and she was in pro wrestling. She used to show up, like, as Hulk Hogan's right. manager. I mean, she really? was just so cool. Yeah. Yes, I, that. That, I think I read that about her later. Like, the Goonies Are Good Enough video, which I love, involves, like, Captain Lou Albano yes. and a bunch of wrestling guys. Was Goonies Are Good Enough one of your jams? Do, do, do. Mostly True Colors, do, which yeah, I know is a little later. It's a hit, though. It's a smash. Do you remember that Super Mario Brothers cartoon? Yeah, with Captain Lou? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Do you remember that? 
They was a guy that wore all the rubber bands. Yeah, rubber bands on his face. I remember the one where the Super <laughs> Super Mario Brothers Hoskins were like in a in a plumbing shop as like people, and that, then they that's Bob cut. Hoskins or whatever. That's that's okay. a movie. Yeah. Okay. But then it was TV this too. This was yeah, on TV, TV and they would like throw to cartoons sort of. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, oh, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's the one she's yeah. talking about. Yeah, yeah, you're talking about the right one. Yeah. Wait, so I don't understand. So you guys, would you watch TV together as kids? Because like when I know when she's when yeah. she's onto something, like when when I get a Vanessa Hole, like when it hits, <laughs> like when we basically it's like skiing, right? So like you see a bunch of people skiing and they're just like walking, and then every once in a while someone hits a hill, and they're like gone. <laughs> like that's how Vanessa is with pop culture because I can see her treading. Well, and then when I see her hit a slalom, gone. It's I'm 34. <laughs> yeah. You guys are both 36. Yeah. I always watch TV with Jonah. Yeah. So even when I was so young, we were watching MTV. How old do you think we were when we started watching MTV? I mean... Our parents always threatened to cancel it because we watched it, it was so like much. When like the, all they were showing was like the bangles. Like, oh, 86, 88. Yeah. Oh, look at you like, guys. So I was like probably era. like four or you're five. Too, you're t- she's technically too young to know those things, but because of you... I know yeah. right. I, I know things that are slightly older than me. Yeah, yeah, that works. That works. So like, yeah, you've seen like the... Because Jonah video. would watch TV and I would just sit, also play video games, and I would just sit and be like, and watch him do those things. Yeah. And we had to watch so much Headbangers Ball. I love Headbangers Ball. Is and that I Ricky w- Rackman? Yep. Yeah. Who like our great, who our like great aunt Masha knew or our something? Great aunt was <laughs> oh my god! If my, if my great aunt Masha knew Ricky Rackman, Aunt Masha would be the most famous person in my life. She did not like him. Oh, as a person. But how did what was well, the? Well, she was cousins with him. She oh. was like related. Like her, she was cousins with his cousin, and she was always like his his disgusting tattoos. <laughs> oh, didn't like, like him that hated, way, not like a personal. Hated right, right. like, and she, but, she's like always, but his sister is very successful. Like, we gotta get in touch with Ricky Rackham. His sister is very Twitter. successful. We're kind of related. His sister's a, a soundtrack supervisor. Okay, his sister did Pulp Fiction. Yeah, yeah. I just watched Ricky Rackman because me and Tara have been on a real big Allison Chains kick lately. <laughs> oh man, and he does this thing where he goes with Allison Chains to Action Park. And just films them, and it's so goofy at this water park for an hour, and it's amazing. And they like shut down. They like show that all these kids are waiting for the slides. And I tweeted at him like, "I just watched this. It was amazing." And he wrote me back and was like, "That's the most watched episode of Headbangers Ball." Did you say we're cousins? And I only had 140 characters. You should have been like, "We're cousins," gonna, and our I'm aunt gonna thinks DM you're a piece him. of shit. I'm gonna follow I, I think, him. DM I think him. he'll probably be more after responding to you. Yeah, it's <laughs> a weird Allison Chain super fan. <laughs> talking about the water park episode yeah. of Headbangers Ball. Yeah. So wait, I have a question. So like, when you meet Cindy Lauper, does Cindy Lauper know who? Like, does she know your characters and she know who you are? I think to sound like I wasn't like a creep just coming into her dressing room, I think I said I'm on Saturday Night Live, but okay. I don't think she, she would, put it together. would have known. Does that, would that blow your mind? That would blow my mind. If it Cindy was La- so You're in a situation crazy. with Cindy Lauper. I didn't realize how emotional it would be until I started telling her that stuff. And I was just like, oh my God, I used to just like sing your songs. I, was, I'll give you mine. Yeah. And I could cry if I really want to do it here, so it would be awesome. But you, who's become a fan of my Twitter and now a fan of my <gasps> book is Henry Winkler. Really? Which is, you have no idea what it means to me. You have no idea. The fact that I'm even able to speak to him, there's a picture of me and him when I was, my mom made me, okay. (laughs) I made my mom drive me to meet Henry Winkler when I was like five or four. I was such a fan. And there's a video, there's a photo of me and him and he's holding me as a kid. And he started following me once and I wrote, dad, and just tweeted at him, dad, and put the the photo in it. And he, since then, has been so supportive. He retweets all, like, if I'm on, like, a podcast oh he likes, he retweets God. it. Like, So I sent him a book, and this could make me cry. So I sent him a book, and he was... Cause he How was, did you have his address you sent it to? I asked him. No, I DM'd yeah. him. I DM'd him and was like, listen, because he had been so supportive. And I said, "You're because you're, his kids used to come to Hot Carl shows. Which is just oh, a coincidence, wow. but that's, he doesn't know that. He doesn't know that. So I said, you don't know this, but your kids used to come to Hot Carl shows. I was like, I wrote a book about that experience. I actually mentioned your son in it because he was at one of the shows. And I go, and I'd like to send it to you. And uh, and he was like, I, 
dream for me. Thank you so much. Sends me the address. I send him a note in it that's very emotional. And then uh, he wrote me back and he wrote, this could make me cry, but if my dad, if I get a film or a show of my book, Henry Winkler would be my dad. Like that could happen. So like that to me is like my main focus now. Because I was like, fuck, because like <laughs> my agents and everyone are like, oh, you're going to go meet with this person about like selling it as the rights. And so I'm doing all these meetings. And the only thing I care about is if Henry Winkler plays my dad. <laughs> that would, wouldn't that be the most yeah. insane thing of all? And there's a video, there's a picture of me and him. He's holding me and I'm four. Yeah, you know what I mean? It. Like it's like, like all it would, the way that circle would happen is so insane to me. And he was my favorite. My what do you favorite. mean he's holding you in your four? I went to my mom. I forced my mother to drive me to meet the Fonz. Oh, right. And right, so there's right, a picture right. of him holding me. Oh, my God. And that's the one I tweeted at him and was like, Dad, kidding, you know? And, and oh, he's, right, right, right. That's what you said. He's oh, since right. then played with it and joked with it. And I send it to him every Father's Day as a thank you uh, on Twitter, which is just a dumb <laughs> bit. And so, but, but like, there is a world where he reads the book, loves because he likes the story already. And then when we start getting this thing ready, what if, I mean, what if that full circle happens? It would be oh, nuts. Man. But that to me is like the Cindy Lauper thing, which is like, yeah. in what world did you think? Yeah. When you were doing True Colors for your family, did you ever think you would be able to tell that person you're doing it? Yeah. No. Yeah. In what world? In what yeah. world was I able to tell Henry Winkler I made my mom drive me to meet the Fonz because <laughs> he was my favorite actor on television? Like what? In what That's world? so nice. Yeah. So weird. You all right? I'm good. <laughs> well, I had a song with MC Search on my album, and that was like my hero growing up too. But that's like yeah. so obscure hip hop. But yeah, my obscure hip hop rapper was on my album. But whatever, that one's not that's as crazy as Henry cool. Winkler. Yeah, uh, I like when Vanessa said last night that I'm a fan of rap. I just don't listen to it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's sort of how I feel too. Well, you know, I mean, when they're on the show, I, I, I we've texted before, and yeah. you like them when they're on the show because it's kind of like a party vibe, right? Yeah. Yeah. No. Chilling. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's chilling. Was Drake's second appearance? Was that fun? Uh, yeah, it was great. Um, I have, I have. There are certain rappers who I vibed with a lot. Yeah, and I felt like Drake and I get along really yeah. well. Pharrell, I don't know if he's technically a rapper. No, he works. He counts. Sorry, we'll Pharrell. Take we'll take. Him. He we'll and take I, him. I feel like we're really got along very vibing. well. Really vibing. Drake had his party at Dave and Buster's. Yes, yes. Remember, yes, we went. We went. That's unbelievable. It was insane because it was basically just like rappers and models all at Dave and Buster's at like free drinks at like I think a lot of strippers that he flew from his I learned this later he flew from his strip club in Toronto the strip club in Toronto that he like is an investor in or something he flew a bunch of strippers from there that were that I was just like oh there's a bunch of people here that are cooler than me (laughs) they're flown in to be cooler they're flown in to be cooler it really seemed it really seemed like it was I thought it was going to be like just for SNL people, and then it was like, oh, it's for his album and stuff, and like it's it's all these cool people in addition to the SNL people, and we and it was so clear who, like the <laughs> SNL people were fully just playing games, yeah, and yeah. then everyone else was like dancing and being cool and doing drugs. I guess <laughs> not us, just sitting there in the corner. We were all like, oh, let's play this trivia game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I, uh, I wrote for him on the ESPYS, and we, me and you, I remember we had a long talk oh, about yeah. working with him, and so like I was one of his more trusted writers because I had a hip-hop background. So I, again, felt like we were best friends when I left the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I left the awards. And I was like, oh, we're never talking again. Yeah, I texted him when I had to miss his pitch. His, he, he, when he pitched his, the, the Monday that he hosted this yeah. season, I had to miss it because I was in Atlanta doing this movie and I texted him and I got a text back a few hours later that said, wrong number. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it was legitimately the wrong number. And I asked him about it the next day. Yeah. 
and he thought I was doing a bit. He was like, uh-huh. oh, that's funny. And I, and he was like kind of laughing and she, and I was like, no, I really don't have your number. I, was it really not your number? <laughs> and he never really answered. But. He, uh, he, I wore a shirt to the ESPYs one day uh, that I knew he'd like. I didn't do it on purpose, but when I got there, I went, oh shit, this is real boyfriend, girlfriend material. And I was like wearing a shirt and I go, uh, I look at it and I go, oh, he's going to say something. So he comes to me and goes, where'd you get that shirt? And I was like, oh, I bought it from this company. But he's like, I got to get one of those. I was like, I'll get it for you. Like, I know the guys. I'm like trying to be best friends with him. And he was like, oh, that's so great. And I was like, yeah, I'll set it up. And it took me forever to get it because they like were discontinued yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And so I sent it to him uh, for his birthday because his birthday was like around the same time I got it. So I sent it. I was like, hey, man, sorry, this took so long. It's your birthday. And then he just like emailed me back. Thanks. I was like, no, no explanation. Just thanks, Drake. I was like, we're best friends forever. Uh, yeah. I think we are his best friends. I know. Yeah, we, we shot with him. It was, we did a sound device. Yeah, yeah, him. that's right. It was so funny. And he it was, was, he was the so, best. He's so great. So cool. Yeah. He's so he funny. showed up like with like two people. Yeah, like, his stayed friends kind of looked intimidating, and then they were laughing at yeah, everything. They were so, they were so well, nice. he's one of us. He's the closest yeah. to us. Like he's yeah. he's a comedy guy who like it's the same way I feel about Blake Griffin and basketball. It's like he's he's just one of us who's good at basketball. Yeah, and like I kind of feel that way about like freestyle rapping when I was like a kid. Yeah. Like I was just good at it, but I'm I'm more this thing. Yeah, and but Drake is so engulfed in the other thing that like yeah. we think we're in with him. Yeah. we're like the kids that he like does his homework with. But then <laughs> yeah. when he gets to school, he's like. Don't don't come up to me. Yeah, don't, like, don't, don't say hi to me. Don't say hi to me in front of those other ones. That's really funny. Yeah. So what else? What else do you got coming up, Jensen? I got uh, uh, SBs again this year. We have John Cena, another uh, Vanessa friend. Yeah, I believe. yeah. yeah John I Cena's actually barely got to talk to him. Mm-hmm. I did one interview with him in LA for Trainwreck, where I got to kind of meet him. But I never really, I never had scenes with him. I never really got to talk to him. But he seemed like he's just like so nice. He's incredible. We yeah. saw him at the premiere, and he looks. I've never seen a human yeah. with that many muscles. He's he's a marine. He's a crazy in a suit. He looks crazy. Yeah. He wears a suit everywhere. Um, but he's been really great. And we we would work together back on Raw, so it was nice getting talking to him. And um, really excited about that. And maybe I'll just keep pitching you, Vanessa, until you say no to do the SBs because then you can come hang out. But Did anyway. you ask me to do the SBs? I mean, I, I bring it up every year, but I think oh, you, you keep pitching. Yeah. Me to well, them. I think one year we actually went a little further, but you couldn't do it. I think it was like oh. a date thing. But I'll just keep doing it. I'll do keep it. Keep doing year. it. I'll do it every year. And so, uh, and so we're doing that. Cena, then we're doing, I'll see Jonah. We're, I'm doing the Alternative Press Music Awards the next yes. week. And then uh, I'm doing Rob Ruggles' pilot at TBS, which I'm really excited about. Um, and then all the while doing this James Corden thing, which has yes. caught fire. I know. Can you believe all that? Right. Yeah. So cool. So yeah, I'm doing um, these things called Drop the Mic at James Corden. It's an idea I pitched James. And basically, uh, I write celebrity battles with Eliza Skinner, and we have James Corden go up against a celebrity. So we did Kevin Hart this last week, and uh, hopefully this next week we can have someone else again. But so be, do, trying to get a new carpool karaoke into his scene. Do you coach them through I like, do, yeah. the delivery and everything? Yeah. I did Kevin Hart this last week and, um, you know, we, I've helped, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm focused mostly on James, but this last week I did, um, Kevin, my goal is to make James, it, it, I don't, it's not that hard. He's incredible, but I'm trying to get him to understand like the technicalities of hip hop and he's getting it pretty yeah, You fast. were saying last night that like he's now he can like, yeah. he knows what genre. He knows we, everything. He knows yeah. he's starting to understand pockets. And even when I don't tell him certain pockets, he's like, he's getting, he's, he's like, a, he's a savant. Yeah. He really is. So like he, I don't need to tell him much more. And he, he, when he rapped with Lynn Hamill, with, uh, Lynn Manuel on for, uh, he's, yeah. doing, he's doing everything better than the person he's doing it yeah. with. He's just good at mimicking so that's what i'm trying to like yeah. my friends from from home growing up watch Corden and have texted me and been like he's just doing your yeah. thing and i love it that makes me so happy yeah do you ever work with this guy a producer that rob crab no he, no I think, I think did you just bring him up to me someone maybe give me the name again rob crab someone just talked to i used me about to work him. with him i think he's like one of the producers at Corden, and he was oh, oh that is someone just asked me about him that's so funny 
Someone just asked me about him at the other. I just did a podcast. Really? Uh, Goldich and them asked me about him. Yeah, yeah, because he used to work with me and Goldich at Oh, Fuse. funny. So and yeah, that, I don't, I don't know him, but he works over I bet there you now. I do. But it's funny because when Vanessa was here, can't tell the story. It's yeah. really funny. When Vanessa auditioned for SNL and she was like a couple auditions in, he was working on Fallon. I think. Yeah. He was, a, he was producing Fallon, and I remember I like emailed him. I was like. Can you like put in a word about my sister to Lauren Michaels? Yeah. Like, and he was like, Aww. oh, I'll see what I can that do. That was so sweet. And then we ran into him. We got brunch and we ran into him. Yeah. But yeah, he's he's over there and now. And he goes, he goes, how did it go? Because I just auditioned in New York. And I go, I think it went good. And and he goes, that guy doesn't laugh at anyone. And I go, and we were like, he, and I was like, he laughed at my stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's good. That's a good sign. I, I was with J.C. Coakley, a friend, a comedian from L.A., I don't know, probably two years ago now when we were on the street and we saw a girl walking by that she knew from comedy and it was, she, the girl looked all frazzled and we were like, what, what, what introduces her to me, beautiful girl. And we're like, what did you just She's like, oh, I just auditioned for Lauren Michaels for SNL and it was the girl they hired is the black girl. Sashir? Oh, Sashir? Sashir, yeah. yeah. I saw her as she, as she walked out of her Lauren thing and she's like, oh I think God. maybe I did good. I don't know. And then two weeks later or a week later, we hear she got hired. Oh I was God. like, oh, it's the girl I saw walk out of the office. <laughs> oh my God, Such that's a nice so ending crazy. for her. Yeah, That's yeah. so great. It's funny. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. me. Yeah, that's Jensen. <laughs> <laughs> that's me in a podcast. Yeah, that was so awesome. That was great. Thanks for doing this. No, and I also, know. like, I, I don't know if you're still recording, but I, you guys, both of you, are two of my favorite people, and I, like, I'm so excited to have been able to work with either of you in any way, shape, or form, so I'm stoked to do this. But I'm, I would, to, to work with him on the stuff and then have you as a friend, I've been thrilled. Aw, yeah. you too, Jensen. Yeah, All right. back at you. We yeah. love Jensen. All right. I'm still here. That was, uh, I think that was one of my favorite. I mean, I always love when Vanessa comes in, but then I feel like Jensen and Vanessa, if you saw the thing at the Strand they did the night before we taped this, they literally just talked about like TV shows from the 90s for like 40 minutes. And they were like, this is just how it is when we hang out, which is true because they're both very into the same kind of stuff. It was good. That was, that was, that was fun. You and I did nothing. It also, that podcast oddly made me. Gave me a lot of respect for Shia LaBeouf. It made him seem kind of <laughs> like a cool performance artist. I was like, I was kind of wrote him off as just this guy that kind of wanted attention. Yeah. And then when Jensen look was like, "Will you go deeper and deeper?" And then his email was played this thing. I was like, "That was pretty intense." Yeah, that's actually. I actually thought that made me think he's like actually pretty cool. Yeah, that or at least uh, a good artist, or at least a good artist. Yeah, <laughs> which is like, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you just two just, don't have to go hand in hand. Yeah, I just feel like sometimes when someone's like a celebrity, especially like an actor, or an act, like you just sort of assume they're like, like out of touch with reality, or they, I don't know, like they don't really have any. So I don't not know. tortured enough to be an artist. Exactly, that's what you want to say. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> if you guys heard my my saves a day cover, you know how tortured I am. <laughs> It's dark. It's moody. Oh God! So that's that's where I'm coming from. So yeah, but it's also like I, it's so funny. I was having this conversation with someone recently who was in a pretty big band, and they were complaining about stuff. And I was like, "That's where you blew it, man." I was like, "Never let your band get too successful." I was like, "That's when you get all the problems." Just play shows once in a while, make a record, but once you start, you know, selling out big places, you know, yeah, it's over. It's over. You know, you've been through the major label ringer, Brad. You know how it goes. Ringer. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, check out. Definitely, if you are entertained by this podcast, you will love Jensen's book. We gave away a couple stories, but there's so many other insane things in it. Um, it's called, again, Kanye West owes me $300. Another true story is from a white rapper who, also, who almost made it big. 
Um, and the LA Weekly called it, said it might be the funniest rap memoir ever, um, which I think is probably true. I haven't read any other rap memoirs, but I imagine most of them aren't super funny. <laughs> so, but still, totally cool. And it has uh, 47 reviews and it's at four and a half stars. And whoever didn't give it a five star was probably just jealous. It's probably, it was probably Eminem. <laughs> Um, so yeah, support Jensen. Uh, if you don't know what Jonah's talking about with his original song, go listen to last week's, uh, the end of last week's podcast. Now listen to the whole thing and then get to the with end. With Chris Conley, yeah. Or you can also... You can also str- listen to it on Chorus FM. Uh, Chorus FM has like a member area where I, they asked me to just contribute this song and I was very nervous and self-conscious about it and Brad made it painless and easy because he's such an excellent engineer. And if you, uh... Follow my Twitter feed. Maybe I'll post a link to the awesome video I did of oh, yeah. Jonas' song. <laughs> Brad made a, a great video that will will definitely please fans of the TV show Ally McBeal. <laughs> Let me leave it at that. Um, but yeah, check out Jensen. Watch the APMAs on July 18th. Um, we'll be working on those. Uh, check out uh, Vanessa's. I don't know. Vanessa's always doing stuff. She's probably doing. She's probably like she's doing something very exotic. Check out she was on a yacht. She's easy to find. She's easy to find. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, if you want to support this podcast, goingofftrack.com, you can donate a dollar, five dollars. Uh, we're trying to figure out how we can keep all these episodes available for free. But I don't know. It's complicated and we're not good at it. Uh, <laughs> also, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, blah, 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 blah. And uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. And I'm good. You're good? Yeah. All right. We're going to go enjoy our... Spicy, spicy jumbles. Yeah. See you next week. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.